No, because you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm actually really shocked sometimes when I try stuff that on shelf, I'm like, who the hell is buying this? But, but the, the real truth, and it depends on the sector and the category. Like if you taste, I mean, like body armor, it's sold for four plus billion dollars. It's fine. It's, it's, it's a sports drink. I mean, some of the stuff, the, the product tastes to a lot of these sales, people who have like entrepreneurs who are really good at selling the taste doesn't really matter. It's how are they commercializing it? Like what's their trade spend and like how, who, who can they get in front of and how quickly can they sell it? Right. And I, it, product t- taste first is not the mantra that a lot of those brands take, but for us in the natural channel, better for you space, it, it, something that I do think to, to differentiate ourselves, it's critical. I mean, there's so many products out there now and and I don't care how much functionality something has. If it tastes like garbage, it's, it's not going to last. Welcome back to Winning at Work. It's season three, the podcast for the food and beverage and CPG world. I'm Jennifer Lee, Tony's new marketing sidekick and creative guru. I'll attempt to keep him on track as we discover the ideas and strategies behind all these different, better and special brands. Oh, good luck keeping me on track, but I am really stoked to have you on the team, Jennifer. Your background in marketing and SEO and socials, we are going to have so much fun this year. We're going to be discovering the new brands here in 2023. It's all about functional, good-for-you lifestyle brands. Those are trending. Those are the products that are gaining market share and really pulling away from those old legacy brands. We're going to have each and every one of those brands down on the podcast to talk to us, to share their ideas, their inspiration, so you, the entrepreneur, so you, the food and beverage and CPG professional, can take these new ideas in and incorporate them into your business and into your life. Oh my gosh, Tony, I'm seriously so excited. I feel like I learn so much just from listening to older episodes. Well, that's why we're here. And if this is your first time here, I would recommend, look, go back, take the five episode challenge, pick a brand, pick a CEO, an entrepreneur, dive in, listen to what it is that they're teaching us. If you love the content, subscribe. We hope you're along with us for the journey each and every week. By the way, Do you have a favorite brand in your market you would love for us to amplify on this national platform? Reach out to us on LinkedIn. And stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey, it's Jennifer. We get it. Everyone hates hiring. Inspired by his guests, Tony created a novel talent acquisition program that attracts the hidden candidate market, the 70% of people that are not actively applying to jobs. Click on the attract link in the show notes to watch a demo. Welcome to Winning at Work. It is Tony and we are heading into spring and there is nothing better than grabbing a cold beverage and just experiencing all the new brands and all the new flavors that are coming onto the market. And I have talked to and I have seen many brands. I've probably talked to 200 brands roughly uh, a year. And some of these brands I just don't understand because I see a single product and I have a hard time imagining how are they going to grow? How are they going to expand? And then I meet other people that have this bigger, broader concept of 
of business and they are looking to build a master brand. And recently I talked to Amy Driscoll and she's the co-founder of Bears Fruit. And we're going to be talking with Amy here in just a minute. And she's got a really big vision for how to take not just a, a single product or beverage and expand it and make it into a, a household name, a household brand name. And I thought that could be a really interesting conversation. And um, Amy, so glad you could join us today. And uh, let's kind of you know dig into your brand and kind of figure out how you plan to conquer the world of beverage and beyond. That's the plan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and from what I understand, too, I mean, you guys have taken a, you've taken a little bit of investment, and that's kind of the trick, right? Is to to do as much as you can without becoming too diluted. Yeah, we we when my business partner and I started the company, it was um, a few years back. We cashed in our four hundred one ks and our life savings, and you know, bootstrapped for as long as possible. But at, at a certain point, the bank of Amy and Chris uh, definitely <laughs> couldn't support operations as we rolled out. Uh, past, you know, when we launched, we actually did a fairly atypical strategy because we knew that we couldn't compete with the big, big national brands and the beverage set that we were operating in. So we actually sold directly into yoga studios and meditation studios in New York City, which is where we're based. Um, but but once you start getting into the Whole Foods of the world, which is our first, uh, our largest retailer at this point, you do need some outside support. You need help. Yeah, because you're doing such such great volume. Um, well, you're in a really uh, hot category, um, gut health products uh, that obviously taste really good. I, give people just kind of an overview of your brand and what your what you see your brand mission is and how you think consumers are kind of responding to that. Sure. As you mentioned, Bear's Fruit is a gut health, better for you food and beverage company. We started in the kombucha space, which I think is kind of the pioneer in this functional beverage set um, that you see growing by the day. And we just recently rolled out our second product line. It's a sparkling water with real fruit and probiotics. That's kind of our claim to fame, why we named the, the, the brand Bears Fruit. That idea of what you put in, you get out. We on the kombucha side are really proud that we have the only we're the only brand in the United States that's certified organic, certified fair trade, and made exclusively with 100% whole fruit and fresh herbs. So we're not using sugary juices, flavors, concentrates, extracts. What we kind of define as a bucket is weird stuff. We're using really <laughs> clean, pure ingredients. And and in, the, uh, in a space like kombucha, it's definitely, an, uh, some may call it an acquired taste. Like bear's fruit doesn't taste like most kombuchas on the shelf because we're using really delicious ingredients. And that, that mantra of what you put in, you get out is what we've applied to now our second product line. It's same idea. It's carbonated water with real fruit, fresh herbs, and then we have 3 billion probiotics per, per can. So we started there, but you know, you set up this conversation with like the vision, like when we started Bears Fruit a couple of years ago, we trademarked Bears Fruit, not Bears Fruit Kombucha or not Bears Fruit probiotic sparkling water because we, we do see a role for our brand across several categories and, and not even just sticking in the beverage set. We, we actually are working on some snack concepts right now. Oh, that's interesting. I, I think that's a, uh, frankly, I think it's just a better strategy. Obviously you have to have the, 
the funding, you have to have the the right partners and of course have the right concepts, but to be so siloed into just one or two products, I think um, you're really at the whim of so many things that could happen in the market. So we yeah, all know exactly. diversification I mean, is a great idea, you know? Yeah. And, and as I said, I think kombucha is really this pioneer in the functional fridge, but it is a maturing category. It's saturated. And so how do you continue to bring new people to your brand? And, you know, our mission as a company is to transform this gut health space by creating the best tasting products on the planet. And that's not the best tasting functional products on the planet. I think that's kind of a critical part of what we do as a company is we spent two years developing our functional sparkling water because we didn't want to just develop the best tasting functional water because inherently that implies like it might not be the best tasting water. You're sacrificing, water. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's kind of our... Our, our thing, no sacrifices, no shortcuts, no weird stuff. Like that's, that's a bear's fruit product, regardless of the category. I love your website. I just have to say the, the, the colors, the photography, the fruit, the, the way your um, cans just kind of pop with that lighting. It is, it's really, really inviting. Um, I'm glad you touched on the, the backstory behind the name bear's fruit. Is there any more to it? Cause that is, that's an interesting, I don't know, it's kind of a cute, kind of clever little name. Yeah, as far as we know, bears do not like, you know, <laughs> gut health products. We named the company Bears Fruit as a play on the phrase to bear fruit, which means to yield positive results, to do good things. And, you know, in order to do good things and to treat your body well, you need better options. So that's that, that's the the impetus for the, the company name. And, Wait, and our bears tagline. don't like gut health? Oh, I mean, I haven't, I'm not, <laughs> I haven't gone out in the wild to test this theory. Come on, you're in New York City. They're roaming around the streets. Yeah, no, I have, thankfully have not seen any coming down our street in Brooklyn quite yet. Oh, Lord. Okay, I'm going to have to go to Google and check that out. So, but okay, bear's fruit, bear's fruit. That's a very, that's very clever. Um, so talk to us about your current business model. How are you going to market just in general? Where are some of your points of distribution and, and maybe some of the key learnings you've had as you go to compete in. It's a very competitive space. It sure is. Yeah. I mean, I think building a, a beverage brand, particularly one that requires chilled supply chain is, is not for the faint of heart. We, as I mentioned, when we, we started the company a few years ago and my background, I from the beverage space, I was at Coca-Cola previously. And I know what some of these brands are working with in terms of their their budgets annually. And we had nowhere near it with the Bank of Amy and Chris and our, our sad little 401ks. So we really <laughs> had to think differently um, to get ahead and to, to make a name for ourselves. So as I said, we, we started off in health and wellness, specifically in New York City, where we're based. And that actually got the attention of the folks over at Whole Foods. So they called us and we launched in retail distribution with Whole Foods. Well, how great East. is that? They contacted yeah. you? Yeah, it's it's nice when people notice you. Um, yes, and, it is. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. time and the, uh, I mean, that's huge. So how are you guys going to market at that point where you just literally kind of door to door, getting cases out, getting sampling? How how, how did that work? That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, just the hustle, a, the grit. I didn't even have a, we don't even, we live in, I live in Brooklyn. I don't have a car. So I actually was biking <laughs> around from studio to studio with a backpack on. With a on backpack and, on. Yeah, I knew yeah. it. It's very humble origins. And, and God, at the it time, is such we, a hustle business. 
Yeah, when we started, we actually I'm in sitting in our our new brewery and tap room in in South Brooklyn. But at the time when we first launched, we didn't have our own space. We were actually operating out of the back of a cookie shop in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn, and it was it was pretty small and and uh, like I said, humble would be a great way to describe our origins. But I think it makes you work harder when you actually have a lot of skin in the game. And so to start, we we focused on that New York City health and wellness space launched with Whole Foods and retail distribution in, I would say, like the second quarter, bleeding into the third quarter of 2019. And unfortunately, as we all know, about six, seven months later, COVID hit hard. And so we didn't have a ton of time to really get the brand off off the ground in retail. Um, living in New York City, where, where it was hardest hit, was was tricky. But we pivoted. We actually launched direct-to-consumer. We now ship nationwide on our website, bearsfruit.com. And and since then, we've actually grown quite a bit. We're sold in about 40 states, but the majority of our business right now is wholesale distribution, mostly in the Northeast, North Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic. But we are in conversation with some national retailers that could expand our horizons sooner than later. What is the biggest obstacle when you do talk to a national distributor looking at a regional footprint and a DTC model, is it just expanding the supply chain fast enough and having the ability to commercialize, you know, so much more volume? Is that the obvious or is there more to it than that? I mean, I think it's when you look at the chilled beverage set, there is only so much real estate and our new line of the sparkling waters with probiotics, it actually is ambient, but it's most often sold next to our kombuchas in the chilled box. And you know, there's only, like I said, a, a finite amount of space. So they, when a buyer is looking at your brand, it's, is this going to deliver? Is this bringing more customers to my fridge or is this another me too product? Which again, mm-hmm. thankfully we don't, we have a lot of differentiation as a brand, which is great, but you still have to prove your worth. And it can be the biggest challenge in my, from my vantage point is we're competing in an incredibly competitive space with brands in some cases who have been on shelf for 25 years. So they have clearly the leg up in terms of the first mover advantage. Um, but, but we are doing something different and I think that's really resonating with people, but it's, a, it's, it's not an overnight success. I, I don't think anyone, um, if they're expecting that they should not go into food and beverage, um, no. if they're looking for a, for a career change, but yeah. It, and, and to your point though, about scaling up, I mean, we, we moved last year because we actually hit capacity, our previous brewery, and it was not easy to find this space. And fortunately we were able to secure the space, but then when we moved in, it actually, lo and behold, the space had no gas for four months. So we actually were in operation in market with the product. Um, we actually we were just about to launch a second product line, and we had no gas to produce, so we had to get really creative to make it work, and we did. Uh, but it, but it's not easy as your those growing pains. Are what did quite you do? Difficult. Bring in one of those uh, external propane tanks? Well, I mean, what? we we actually had to convert this place the 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 brewery to run on electricity, which was oh. a, a very expensive. Silly oh. undertaking, but it was the only Probably way had to, to go keep... union and all that too. It's just like, oh, uh, <laughs> it was a massive headache that took about seven months to resolve. But 
we made it through, but that's, that is something because we do our own manufacturing, we don't work with co-packers. It's a reality. And every brand that does their own manufacturing will have to go through it. It's not unique to Bear's Fruit, but when it hits, it, it hits hard. <laughs> T- tell me more about that, Amy, because you are manufacturing yourself. You have your own brewery. Well, kombucha is, is if you're not familiar, um, that was our first product. It's not our only product now, but I'll speak to that because that's what we're producing here in, in Brooklyn. Um, it, it is similar to beer and wine production. It's a fermented product. So we actually have 20, 20 you know, huge 2,000 gallon tanks that you're fermenting. And it takes about a month for these to, to finish. Um, and so it, it is, it's, it's a brewing industry. It's kombuchas um, rooted in that, that space. It's, it is rare in the, the food and beverage space because there's a lot of capital expenditures to running exactly. your own brewery or in your own facility. Exactly. Um, and, but the reason we do it is because we make our product differently and co-packers oftentimes want a really simplistic, straightforward, pour in can recipe. Like they don't, they don't want to do anything kind of above and beyond. So I've heard some really interesting strategies around breweries, Amy, where you'll have a, a hub and spoke for, for tasting rooms and tap rooms, things like that. Now, I know real estate is obviously astronomically expensive in New York City. Has that ever entered into the equation of having, you know, tasting rooms or multiple tasting rooms to then drive more retail traffic and kind of spread the uh, ambience, you know, of, of the brand? Absolutely. I'm actually sitting in the retail tap room. That was part of the appeal of this new brewery was that it came fully built out. Um, with the space to produce bears fruit, but also to open it up to the public um, when the time is right. We just launched, or we just moved in last year, we just launched our second product line, and we're trying to roll out to um, a fairly aggressive retailer this year in terms of our, our retail rollout plan. So I would love to say we'd have this place open in the next couple of months, but it might take a little bit longer to do it properly. But that's, well, you that's let me know. We'll come up there and we'll, yeah, we'll, you're we'll, welcome. we'll, we'll do the ribbon cutting. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to, love to have you. <laughs> so that is going to be a huge, I think, advantage when you get into community building. And I know that's important to you. Um, can you talk a little bit more about just general strategies you have with you know, getting consumers to come back over and over and over. It's very difficult. That's what every brand wants. So what's your your take or your philosophy on, on that? At the end of the day, this will be on my tombstone. I am a firm believer that tasting is believing. And our products, like our, our mantra when we're developing Bear's Fruit uh, products is, is really just taste first. So at the end of the day, if something doesn't taste good, they're not going to come back and buy a second time, but you have to attract people in the first place and got to get those trials. That's right. Exactly. And, and that idea that what are, what's your self presence? And we do spend a lot of time in marketing. My background is in in marketing. I came from Coca-Cola. So package design, everything you communicate to a customer is like, does this resonate with them? Are they interested in picking it up? Is it a category they're interested in? That's something we focus on too. And, you know, that, that to me is the, the first piece. But at the end of the day, if a product doesn't taste good, you're, you're in a rough spot in terms I'm of sorry. getting people to come back for more. I know. I've sampled some that are not good. Yeah. And that, that's good. the reality and your too. Your heart is, goes out. It's just like, oh, what do you say? 
Um, well, <laughs> it's yeah, awkward. I mean, it's uncomfortable. You, We've all been it there. It is. And that's what, listen, but everyone really needs to get their product sampled. You've got to get it sampled. Um, well, no, but you've got such a creative background. I mean, you were with um, Ogilvy and Mather and then, of course, Coke. Um, weren't you in the, um, like, the, the innovation side of Coke? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to work in the venturing emerging brands division. So that's where it's basically their M&A shop and they Coca-Cola will acquire brands. Like I worked on the Zico coconut water brand, um, but they've invested and subsequently bought Honest Tea, Suja. Um, so there, there are some really interesting brands that come in and it's a really, in my opinion, fantastic place to work because you get access to the best of the best resources that are come at, from working at Coca-Cola, but you're still working on more of the entrepreneurial, smaller brands. I had a really funny experience when I was working at Coke and I was lucky enough to be in one of the BEB, the Venture and Emerging Brand Division, all hands meetings. And we were with some of the C-suite members of, of Coca-Cola. And there was another brand that was presenting and I'll never forget, he, he stood up in front of yeah, CEO level uh, talent at Coke and said, no one here cares about their jobs. And there was an audible gasp in the oh room. Oh my God. And I I just, you know, everyone was kind of waiting for, for what was he going to say next? And the, the truth is be, because a lot of the brands, a lot of you know, people who work at Coca-Cola, there's stability in the job, right? Like even if you make decisions that don't pan out, your paycheck's still going to clear when Friday comes. Whereas the reason that this person brought it up was to really get the, the people that work at Coca-Cola to in the mindset of what entrepreneurs go through on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis. You know, they don't know how in the beginning they're going to be fun, you know, how they're going to keep the lights on. Right. So it's, it's, it was definitely shocking and, but I, I really appreciated him saying it. And now years later being an entrepreneur myself and a self-funded one and, I fully appreciate what he You're was like, saying. Bravo. I mean, it takes a set of, you know what, to uh to to do I I really respect people who are that courageous. Yes, it certainly was cuz at the end of the day Coca-Cola paid his salary, so he, he he was on payroll as well, but it was all meant to really kind of open people's eyes to to what these smaller brands go through and and how they, you know, my goal is to eventually have Coca-Cola sized budgets, but that's not certainly not the reality I'm living in currently. <laughs> well, that's what we, that's what we call our aspirational goals, Amy. We, that's, that's exactly we, right. They're out there, you know, we, we're building toward it. Anything else really that is particularly challenging for beverage brands or cold? Well, you're obviously cold, but that others I think are going to be experiencing. I think one thing when you're developing a master brand, if you're trying to roll out products um, that are similar, but you really want to understand that are different, like in, in our situation, for example, we launched with Bear's Fruit in the kombucha set and kombucha is a very established space player in the functional set, but there is, it it is not going to be, it's a billion dollar brand right now, but it's not a sparkling water sized category. And that's really why we bears fruit decided to branch out into, you know, staying in the functional gut health space, but starting going into sparkling water 
to reach more people. It's a $10 billion plus dollar category versus a billion dollar category in the U.S. Wait, sparkling and water is $10 billion? Easily. Yes. I mean, it's it's hard to get a, a real a gauge on these things because you see so many different figures, but I think that's a conservative conservative figure. And, and where I was going with this, though, as far as the challenges, some people that know Bear's Root, they, they think, oh, that's that's a kombucha company, right? And that's fine. We do have kombucha. We love it. It's not going anywhere, but we're not a kombucha company. And, and I wouldn't say we're a sparkling water company. I wouldn't even say we're a beverage company, at least, you know, what our, our ambition this year is to be a food and beverage company, right? So it's challenging without the Coca-Cola sized massive marketing budgets to make sure people understand and appreciate what you offer on a whole. Um, so I think it's efficient to stay in the same space, which is why we've stuck with gut health and, you know, we're staying in the same functional fridge at least to start. But that does come with some challenges and making sure people understand the differences in your products. Like our, our, our new line, it's not a kombucha-based seltzer. That's actually quite popular right now. Um, and we could have easily done that. Clearly, we, we know a kombucha guy. <laughs> um, but the reality is if something has a kombucha as a base, it, it might limit the, the broader appeal for people who just don't like kombucha or don't feel like it's for them. But whereas sparkling water is just a massive audience. So that's really critical for us to make sure that we're reaching people with a brand and a portfolio of products that that's accessible and that, you know, gives something different for for the different consumers that are coming to the to the stores today. I want to try to learn a little bit more just about your mindset though around building a master brand. Do you set out with a number of different products in mind or other categories you want to get into? I can only if speak to how Bear thinks about no. it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for us, it was kind of an organic extension, like starting in kombucha. And, and the reason Bear's Fruit started, just so you know, my business partner, actually, he, this is a quick aside, but he he had his wisdom teeth removed and it did not go well. He got an infection, took antibiotics. It cleared up the infection, but it left his gut just in a mess. Like he had stomach aches. He was really sick for well over a month. Someone told him about kombucha. He tried it. It worked. He felt better. But the problem was the kombucha he bought from the store tasted like garbage. So that's what started him on this pathway to, to making kombucha. Um, but so we started there. That's I met Chris and you know we teamed up to create Bear's Fruit as a brand together. And then when we thought about it, we're like, what else? Like, let's, let's think about other products that could be under this gut health space and sparkling water is just incredibly popular. I drink it every single day. But oh, we do too. I just of, had one earlier. Yeah. And and I think a big trend, there was a, a report that came out last year from Mintel at the end of last year that people want products that go beyond just hydration. So for us, it was a really clear, obvious sign of giving people the hydration that you're going to get from sparkling water plus real fruit. So you have the delicious taste of a sparkling, crushable sparkling water, plus the gut health benefits, um, all in one 12 ounce can. So that's how we kind of came to, we started in kombucha, but thought about what are people drinking? It's carbonated water. What do they want? They want more, they want functional benefits. So that's how we came to that space that the new concept we're working on, which would take us out of beverage into snacks is actually upcycling 
Um, it's an up oh. concept, so it's going to be using. Do you want to talk about access. that a little bit more? I, I've, we've I've had several on the the program before. Do you want to talk anything about that? I'll just say that we our goal is to be as mindful as possible as a brand, and we have excess fruit from our kombucha production that we right now just have to throw away or compost. Actually, we we compost it, but um, we would love to make use of that. And if we can do, create a delicious product from that, great. And we're, I think I think we're pretty close in terms of the R and D. But but our goal is is a brand is not to just rush products to market just to have more SKUs. And that I think is really critical. It's like it took two years to develop to, to really get this sparkling water with probiotics on shelves because it was fine. But to create a shelf stable sparkling water with real fruit and fresh herbs is not easy. And then we had to layer in the functionality thereafter. But but for us, getting it right is more important than getting it done. I've had a a PR expert on with me a number of times, uh, Matt Kovacs, and I've really enjoyed having him on because he focuses with uh, all his brands. They're all lifestyle brands. And that's how you really are striking me now at this point with the uh, with the gut health, the good for you, the um, kombucha, the sparkling water, and now with the the soon launch of a snack, which will be upcycled. Those are all very important to consumers and they will gladly purchase those products. They will let people know that this is a brand that they support and they'll literally wear your merch. You know, they'll, they'll make postings. They'll just kind of be seen with your product because they know what you stand for. And that is a huge trend right now. People really want to identify and be seen as identifying with these smart conscious companies that's the plan. I, I hope to see you and, <laughs> and, you know, an army of bear pack, uh, bear pack. wearing, oh <laughs> wearing our, our gear around town. So as we begin to wrap up, are there a couple of key learnings that you've been through that you really think, uh, could be really helpful to other entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who are, you know, starting beverages or other products up, you know, inside a company? key learnings. I I would say keep your head down and your chin up because it's definitely not an easy road to to scale a beverage brand or a food and beverage brand nationally. And there's always going to be challenges. I mean, last couple of years have been unprecedented is a word we use a lot to describe the 2020 to 2022 range. Um, But if you have a good product, it, it, it just keep knocking on doors. I mean, that's something for us. It can be daunting to see these big brands who are in 40,000 doors around the country and we're competing with them. And I I think back to me biking around and it's definitely, we've come a long way from the door to door saleswoman, um, but, but there's still a long road ahead. And I think that can be overwhelming and, but you just have to find your niche. And for us, differentiation is really critical and we are getting calls from national buyers and it, I'm convinced we will get there, but it's not overnight. And I, you know, that's, that's really my advice is just hard work bears fruit. That idea of what you put in, oh, you get look out. At and, that. Seamless plug. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> well, it's true. It's, it's a mantra that I we mean, really pun believe. intended, pun intended. Well, yeah. It's hard really work bears fruit. Us. I mean, every time someone says bears fruit now, they're going to be like, Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it's what That's you Amy's put in, company. you get out. Yeah, and it's on a product level. If you use better ingredients, you're going to get a better tasting product. And it also applies to life. If you come to work and kind of give half-ass. Amen. If you half-ass yes. it, you're, you're going to get half-ass. That's what you're going to get. Yeah, that's exactly right. What are the best ways for people to find you guys online, socials, etc.? Sure. Our website is bearsfruit.com. As I mentioned, we ship nationally. And our social profile um, on Instagram, Facebook, etc. is Enjoy Bears Fruit. Got it. And when's the ribbon cutting? I, I'll, I'll, you'll be the first to know. Oh, Hopefully okay. In the We're next, not, you know, it's coming months. up. We don't want to, we don't, oh, I see. Okay. We got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time. Amy, super fun learning more about your brand. I do encourage people to go check out the website. I really do love the artwork, uh, just the, the artistic expression, you know, how you've kind of put everything out there. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again later this year to kind of see you know, how that uh, regional play is expanding into national and the, and the launch of the food side of the food and beverage master brand. Sounds good. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> good. Well, I'll hold you to the ribbon cutting. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, Tony. Amy. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You too.